ACAST. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, it's Jobeth. It's Liz. Hey, it's Ariel. You guys ready? So ready. We're going to keep doing that till we get a theme song or something else like it. This is air quote law. Or a copyright strike. Uh, you know, it's, it, I think that, no, I'm not a copyright attorney, but, and maybe this is our segue into talking about the law right here out of the gate, but, um, I think that when there's like a song, you can use, you know, you can parody it or you can use like a part of it. Like there's, there was something I remember from a while that like, if they would only play like 29 seconds of a song or 30 seconds of a song, they didn't have to pay royalties on it or something like that. Um, I don't know if any of that shit's true and don't care. It feels like it could possibly be true. Yeah. But um yeah, so we're, we're still looking for somebody to uh, help us out with a theme song. We will gladly pay for work that we like that fits into this podcast. We'd love to. Well, have we'll pay song. you if you do it, and we yeah. hope we like it. <laughs> well, we've done that a couple of times. I've bought a couple of things on some freelance websites. I have not been particularly happy, nor has anybody else been happy with any of the product that we've gotten. And it's not that. You know, to be fair, in case the uh, any of the artists are here listening, it, it's not a dig on them. The quality of the work was there. It was really well produced and, and, and put together. It just wasn't for us. And the problem with it is, is that I don't really know what is for us. Like, what are we looking for? It's like hardcore pornography. We'll know it when we see it. Yeah. So as a warning to anybody that has been, you know, thinking that, hey, maybe... I can work with these guys. Maybe they'll hire me. We're going to be difficult clients because we don't know what the fuck we want. So full disclosure. Um, but we're nice people. Yeah, we're nice people. But, you know, when it comes like you look, you, one of the first things that you probably do if you're in that line of work. Hey, what is it that you're looking for? Yeah, that's us. We don't really know. So. You know, it would be great if somebody came to us and said, uh, hey, we think something like this would be great for your podcast because we've been listening. And then we're like, yes, that's great. Let's do it or let's tweak it. We will we will gladly pay you money. Um, so, yeah, theme song. We are we are constantly in the theme song blues. We'll get something eventually. Until then, I'll keep playing around with these Internet soundboards and uh, 
I mean, I'll still probably play around with the internet soundboards, right? Why not? I love it. Um, so yeah, last week we talked about dead people. We got more dead people that have died. Um, they say they come in threes, but I think I've seen lists on the internet that, that more than three famous people have died in the short succession. I only know Betty White and then as of yesterday, Bob Saget. Yeah. I mean, I was more than yesterday. How did he die? You may have just learned about it yesterday. He, he died like last night. From what? He died, they like, don't know. Days ago, but no, it happened yesterday. No. Hit the Googler. Hit the Googler while you're there. Um, he was, I, I don't know. They have not released his cause of death. I saw in an article that it said that it was not, they don't suspect that it's drug related, which from some of the cameos that I've seen him do in some shows, my knee jerk reaction would have been to guess otherwise. Um, and again, I don't, you know, when people do cameos on shows, are they really being themselves or are they just being, you know, what they, who they want people to be in that context, who knows, but. Um, it was two days ago. Monday was kind of a blur. Yeah. <laughs> it was Sunday night. So yeah, he gone. And um, I, I understand that Liz feels exactly the same way as she felt about Betty White, except she actually knows who Bob Saget is. Yeah, like I watched Full House. I've seen his stand up. So I feel like I'm more familiar with him. But like, okay. Well, I mean, these people aren't really, other than watching them on a screen, they weren't anybody to us, actually. There are certain people that I think I would be sad if they passed away, like people that are famous that I don't know. But like it, knock on wood, like it hasn't happened yet. All right, give me your top three people that would hit you in the feels if they died that you don't actually know. Okay. Um, I would um either one of the Green brothers, John Green or Hank Green. I don't because know who I've been... those people are. Um, they are uh YouTubers, podcasters, authors. They're very, very smart. They do a lot of charity work, um, just wonderful people. And I've been following for them for years, and because they are actively still putting out content, if one of them passed away that content would be gone and i'm a very big fan of them and so i feel like if one of them were to cease to exist the world and and myself let's be honest would be missing out on that quality content as well as the world would just be a worse place because of all the good that they do is the time Um, content relevant or is the is the content time relevant? I had all the yes. Right I mean, it's still order. being produced. No, I'm what I mean by that is, um, like there are there are certain things like like a good example would be um, the Dale Carnegie book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. This book was written like a hundred and some years ago. Yet you could read it today, and it's still very relevant. Like out of time when it was written, it's still very relevant. Or NPR is still showing or showing, um, still playing all of the um, like the car talk reruns and time isn't particularly relevant. You could listen to, you could just drop in and listen to whatever they're listening because half the time on car talk, they were talking about some 20 year old vehicle with some, it sounds like this problem. Um, I, I would say a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I mean, a lot of it is just relevant because it's funny. They talk about, um 
kind of like universal things that people go happen to people. They're not necessarily like hard hitting emotional things, but just shit that goes on in people's lives or sometimes deep reflection, but also just because they're actively putting out things that I look forward to every week. And then, so that's one and two. And then I would say the third, I mean, all right, this is kind of cliche, but I think I would be sad if Britney Spears died because she just got out of her conservatorship. I feel like it's been a process that I've been following and to have her finally be free if the world lost her now, it would just be a big bummer. And also because she was a part of my growing up, like different phases in my life was a different Britney Spears album. So it would be sad not to have more of that. Yeah. Does that anyone was, else have a top three? Um, you know, I asked that question, but I never really thought about it. I don't know. I don't really know that I, I, I would. I mean, if we're taking the, you know, people that you haven't met element out of it, I don't know that I give a shit because I end up meeting all the people that I actually give a shit about their work half the time. I mean, I, are they magicians? I mean, here's here's an example that I, I I wish I could remember if I had any sort of emotional response at all when I learned that Kurt Vonnegut died. Um, that that was, was out of left field. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 a dead person that I appreciated their work that I never had a chance to meet in my life. Um, I feel like I've never heard you talk about reading a book that wasn't like like how to win friends or some business book. <laughs> Well, I just, you've seen the segment of shit that I choose to share with you to try to make you a better business person. So, um, you know, um, I, I, met that his, I actually met his daughter at some art camp that I was a counselor for. Oh God, this was while I was in, this was like, 15 years ago 20 years ago, give us give a shout out to that camp forever ago oh it's probably not even there it was it was the it was called the art farm it was on uh i was in uh i don't know if it was in east hampton somewhere on long island i was out there for summer some girl that i was dating in undergrad her family lived out there and um she worked at that that camp for the summer she's like hey they need more people and you're hanging out here for the summer. So why don't you come work there? Okay, cool. Um, that's it. That's like the whole story. Um, <laughs> well, Kurt Vonnegut, you'd be sad. You were sad when he died. I, I don't remember, but that's like the only person that I can think of that mattered to me, you know, what they've done, what, the, you know, what their works were that wasn't anything more than like, oh, that sucks. Like I was, you know, I was moved for a hot minute when I found out that one of the actors from the the reboot series of Star Trek movies, the one that played Chekhov, he died. He was working on some car in his garage. This was probably five years ago, four or five years ago. And he had like a car up on a lift or something like that. And it fell off and crushed him. Like, yeah. yeah. And like a kid, he's like a kid. He was like 20 some years old. I feel like I I feel like I know you very well and yet I'm still shocked to find out that you read like novels. <laughs> well, 
you're shocked. Good. Congratulations. He is literate and all. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I know, but it's I joke just, around I that know. I don't read good, but that's like an act. It's yeah, just we're blowing my mind right now it. because I've never heard you talk about a book other than like read this business book. Or shit that I wouldn't share with you because it's magic. So I, I well, yeah, that that the vast majority of written material that I ingest these days is magic related more so than anything else. But that's just because it's more. It's, it's your jam right now. Yeah, I mean, it's more relevant to me. I have more. There's more input that I have not input there than anywhere else. Um, you know, it matters. Yeah. All right. So um, let's. At some, at some point in time in this podcast, not not this episode, we can we can talk about shit that we plan on reading throughout the year. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, we'll put that on the list for a future. That's my specialty. What, making lists of, and planning books or actually reading? Actually reading the books. What's the best book that you read in 2022? 2021, sorry. Um, let me pull up my Goodreads because I have the memory of an Alzheimer's patient. Um, I did read a ton of good stuff. I told you guys about the person who like yelled at me for... Um, for like posting that I had read that like book about police corruption in Baltimore. So that was fun. Um, hey, I read a couple really good books. The Merit Myth, um, How Our Colleges Favor the Rich and Divide America. That was really interesting. Um, I also read Trevor Noah's Born a Crime and I have like a major crush on Trevor Noah, but like the book did not do it for me. Now you asked about a good book, but now everybody's like, oh my God, did, it was a good book. And I'm like, I hated it. I hated every second of it. Um, Injured while you're at work? Don't wait for the insurance company to cut off your benefits. Call Bowers. <laughs> I, I got an alert that, that, so here's a little backstory as I interrupt you and to explain what all that bullshit was. Um, <laughs> I love this. Um, we got a, we, we, we've, we've had some hiccups with um, a website guy that we're, we're just not, and some of this is on us. We haven't really been on top of him to make sure that we're getting the benefit of the bargain. I have. And Liz sent this long email of, Hey, here's a list of all the shit that I'm not seeing has been done per our contract that should have been done. And it's a two-year contract and we're almost a year into it and you know how it goes you call somebody out on their shit and then shit starts to happen so i just got a notification of a handful of people that liked some video on our law firm's facebook page so i clicked the alert to see what video it was and the video started playing so i was like sending like small nudges like since october 1st like this is what we want hey did you do this hey did you do this and then you know probably every three weeks or so and then yesterday I actually went back to that first email with an enumerated list of like 20 things and went through it and said, like, these are the things that haven't been done. And I got, I don't think I was passive aggressive at the end because I was just, yeah, I sent the email for 
you know, just so everyone could read it. But it was kind of like, we've already paid you in full. I know you have no incentive to do this, but at least let me know if we got to go elsewhere. So yeah, at, at least mean, somebody's done something to highlight a video that's on our Facebook page because somebody has liked it and I have now clicked on it and it started autoplaying. Um, love it. I'm pleased. That's a highlight of my day. Um, other than this, the podcasting is always a highlight. Um, so anyway, back to books. Oh, that's it. Like, I'm not going to bore people, with, but I do read like minimum 40 books a year. So. That's... I like know I've I've read books, but none of them are like good or worth mentioning that I can think of. Yeah, I mean, there's like some beach reads that I'm just like, yeah, I read like every Taylor Jenkins read book. And I really genuinely think that only one of her books was quite fantastic. And the rest were like, read it on the beach and leave it there. I'm also one of those people that I start books and do not finish them. I start a lot of books and don't finish them if I don't enjoy them. Yeah, I I do that regularly. I mean, that kind of goes along with my overall condition but but do you guys like start reading numerous books and then decide to stop reading or do you pick up a book you're like this sucks and get rid of it and then that, move on. that one okay oh my god I was like I thought you opened like 10 books no, no like I'll get a book from the library and I'll start it and if it's not for me I'm just like all right like well, it's you don't have that much me. time so it doesn't really like make sense to you um like i'll tell you one thing that i do that the the equivalent of that with is magic tricks and gimmicks like they you know when they have new effects that are out a lot of times what people there's there's really two different schools of thought on here there are a lot of people who invent their own stuff and then they don't fucking tell anybody about it and sometimes to the point where that shit even dies with them and then or or some people will do a routine tour with it or do what you know and what have you and then be like okay i'm going to either lecture on some of this stuff now that i've you know gone and done it and got paid to do it um or sell some of the stuff like if it's something unique that they've created and when you buy it you've got a license to go and make it your own and and start performing it and there are definitely things that from the trailer videos that get put together that that show what they want you to see of it that i will buy stuff and i will get six eight different things at a time and i'll start looking into something and either a it's something where it's like okay like like some of this stuff that i get and start working with it's a once you know how to work it and use it you can just go do it and it's all about fitting it into a presentation that works for your personality or or who you're trying to be on stage or whatnot some of it, it it really takes work and tons and tons and tons and tons of practice to be able to get it and to do it proficiently and depending on where that is or there's even some stuff that like i get into it five minutes into the tutorial videos 15 minutes into the tutorial videos i'm like i'm never gonna fucking do this and then i just put it aside like once i kind of realize like what it is sometimes i'm like nah that's not for me and and it just gets set aside um Sometimes I, like, I just got 
a whole mess of shit that got delivered yesterday. Um, I, I am doing this event in uh, February, part of kind of like a artist tasting exhibit called The Magic of Chocolate. And the, the, the gal that runs the candy shop is like, hey, I want you to come and do magic tricks. How do we get yeah. an invite to chocolate time? Yeah, come on up. Um, it's a free. Yeah, it's free. It's in Hell okay, yeah. first Friday, um, and it's you know they, it, on Main Street in Elkton they do this first Friday. It's a they call it the Arts Loop, and there's fun places and food, and the breweries open. I mean, the breweries always open on a Friday anyway. But um, you know, I'm not gonna sit there and just be like, let me just do some random disconnected from the theme here magic shit which i could easily do i went out and dropped a load of cash on a bunch of different either chocolate or candy related magic gimmicks that the the vast majority of which showed up yesterday so i've started working through hey what what can i use what's complete bullshit what's you know and some of that stuff so so basically if those were like books which i mean some of these have like four hour uh video tutorials and everything with them some of them have 20 minute video tutorials because they're so simple um but i mean half that shit i'm not gonna do anything with i'm sure at some point in time like i haven't gone through it all to confirm that but there are definitely things within that mix that are just that's gonna sit on a shelf i'm excited for chocolate magic i pulled up my list of like library books from the past year and i'm scrolling through and a lot of them were like uh started didn't like started didn't like um but one of them from this year was ready player two which i have feelings about i see ariel like smirking at me i have no idea what this is so you know the movie ready player one movie no okay it sucks it sucks it's awful boo but Ready Player One is an amazing book. It's like one of my favorite books. Um, or maybe that was the airplane movie. Which one did they make the movie? Ready Player One. Okay. It's an airplane movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great movie. I was thoroughly disappointed. My husband, my husband is like one of the last people on earth that likes to buy Blu-rays. Um, and he knew I liked the book. So he bought the Blu-ray and we watched it and I was like, I'm so sad we own this. Like, this is garbage. But the book is wonderful. And I was so excited. Ready Player Two came out and I read it in January. I think it was on like I was on the wait list to get it or I was actively looking for it. And it's one of those where because it's the second in a series that I like, I still enjoyed it, but far less than the first one. But um, it's. It's a very good book. It's very reference heavy because they, the whole point is it takes place in this virtual reality where anyone can make anything they want. It's real gimmicky with all the references, but I love a gimmick. So that, that was a good one for me. Um, so I also listened in the car to some of the Twilight books just to like see if it was like, I never finished the series, but I was like, let's see like what the deal is because the movies came out on Netflix and I was seeing like a bunch of TikToks making fun of it. And I was like, oh, let's just see what this is all about. And it's, it's awful. It is, there are so many problems, but.
but it was a good like listen to while I was in the car. So that was I have part. unpopular opinions on Twilight. Like that you enjoy it? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say in like a conventional sense. Um, so I read the books because I made a bet with somebody and they were just like hating on Harry Potter. And I was like, you read the Harry Potter books. I'll read the Twilight books. Like done. We'll get to the bottom of this. Um, So I actually don't think the writing is horrible from the Twilight books. I think that the issue with the movies is that because there's not a lot of dialogue, the movies are super awkward. And I think that the movies are actually good to watch for comedy. Mm -hmm. They're really funny. Um, but I don't think that the the books are like the world's worst literature. Like I've certainly read worse books. It's one of those. The concept I think is interesting, but the oh, relationship the is what I hate the concept. Well, like and the relationship is so abusive that it's yes. like every time you read it, it's like cringe, cringe. Like I would enjoy reading about how like these vampires exist in the world, but not being yeah. terrible people. And that's the problem. But that was, I think I made it halfway through the third one. So, you know, but that was like a time and I will probably finish them just, just for like funsies, you know, it's a piece of pop culture and it's, I don't hate reading them, but it's a little bit of like, you know, cringe torture. So... I read that. And then the other one that I really liked was The Family Upstairs. It was like super creepy. Um, Is that like a thriller? Um, Yeah, but not in like a like violent sort of way. It was just like this this family who, you know, brings other people into their house and they become really cult like. And the kids are basically trapped in this cult and what what they do to but it's like a like a six person cult and what the kids do and there's some creepy elements but i i don't mind a thriller as long as it's not violent isn't that the point i don't know that much about them like a psychological thriller is is fine like just thinking about creepy stuff oh that's the other one that I really loved was and I'm not even into thrillers but these are just sticking out my mind there was a book called Verity and it still stays with me because it was so fucked up but um I mean it was basically this woman who wrote a memoir and they find it and it's like about all this fucked up shit that she did and well, I'm going to give away the ending because it was the best part, but no don't listen. If you, here. Yeah. If you want to read that book, basically this woman wrote a memoir as like a writing exercise about all the worst things that could possibly happen because her therapist told her to. And then her husband finds it and thinks it's real and like tries to murder her. And she's like, it was a writing doesn't exercise. Make sense. He found this and he was like, oh, seems legit like what a good plan I should murder my wife I don't get it this is a very abbreviated poor version but the book is good gotcha I am not a I'm not great at summarizing books I'm not either so I can't even remember I read them I just remember if I liked them or not 
Yeah, well, it seems like you're pretty good about putting them in Goodreads, which is probably something I should do. So when I have this question, I can like actually check. Well, I'm just successful in so little things in life that I really need to like hunker down and document the things I've got under control. You are a well-read person. Doesn't get me very far, but. So shall we go on we actually have kind of a law topic for this episode joe if you want to take it away uh yeah i think that we uh i've seen a bunch of buzz in a variety of different directions recently on on the twitter and other social medias about timeshares and i know that i'm we all, so excited for this topic we, we all have opinions or at least liz has opinions as do i and experiences when it comes to timeshares and and everything like that um so we figured we'd uh, we'd chat about about time do you shares. think do you think everyone knows what a timeshare is, or do we need to explain? No, it? no, no one in our generation would know what a timeshare is. Really? <laughs> think that you and I are like on the border, like <laughs> of people whose parents were recruited aggressively to buy a timeshare. Yes, aggressively is the good is a good word. Um, so a timeshare is basically, and these come in all different shapes and sizes, but basically you want to vacation, you, it, and this is how they started, at least my understanding, would be like if we decided the, the, the direct version of it would be something like, hey, I want a beach house and you want a beach house and you want a beach house. And we get 10 other people together that are like, we all want a beach house and none of us can really afford a beach house. So let's all go in together. Let's say there's 10 of us and we'll each pay a 10th of it. And then if there's 10 weeks or 20 weeks in the summer or whatnot, we're all gonna divide up, you know, who's gonna get what weeks. And that's when you go. And then you have certain responsibilities. And then companies decided, hey, we can monetize this shit. They bought and then started selling people weeks or periods of time at, certain properties and these properties ended up turning into hotels and then over time they got nicer and then then they they bigger companies gobbled up smaller companies or decided to just buy properties all over the place so that hey we're not just selling you weeks but we're at, at this one place but there's a variety of of places and destinations that you can pay and then you pay a shit ton of money but it's less than if you were to buy the comparable real estate at that market and you also and then it's pay- like i think you get like one week or two weeks a year yeah they're all nowadays you, you they're all different some of them give you, you points stay. and you can use the points however you want to use them and different you know different properties have different point values and different times of the year have more point different point values and things like that some are more flexible than others some of them are straight up weeks like i've seen a, a bunch of different ones i was on a timeshare presentation a couple of years ago that like I almost fucking laughed at them because they wanted to charge us something like 20 or $30,000 to be members of this thing. And we didn't even get anything out of it. Like what we got allegedly. And of course they can give you no details. They never have any, you start drilling down on details in most of these presentations with the exception of one that I'm aware of, and they don't have answers for you. 
but this this one here was supposed to get you access to you know all of these properties at any time prices that the the general public did not have access to you know 50 percent off or whatever and i'm like you want me to pay you fucking 20 30 whatever it was thousand dollars to have access to a fucking discount plan go fuck yourself um, and I wonder if at one point when these first started, like many moons ago, if they were legit and then they just slowly became corrupted and corrupted to the point where the last time I was at one of these timeshare presentations, my YouTube ads while I was in that area were for an attorney that just said, do you want to get out of your timeshare? Call me. So, you. you got geofenced. Yeah, they did. And it's very predatory. Um, and I can sort of, uh, walk you through how a timeshare presentation goes and then tell you why I love them. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to get into a timeshare presentation. There's a reasons to get into them. There's reasons to, uh, avoid them. Um, so, um, but it, it uh, you know, the, the times that I, so the one that I told you about, and you can tell some of your, your experiences of, of uh, um, what, re, you know, why you love doing them or, or what you're getting out of it. But like there is, and, and I recommend that anybody that has prerequisite here, you gotta have the ability to say no during these things. And depending on how deep down the rabbit hole we get with this thing, we may, um, you know, get into the, the why these things are for the most part horrible. But as long as you are not somebody who buys fucking everything, there is- Even if I do buy fucking everything. Yeah, there, there are, and, and maybe we will, maybe we will do future episodes on coaching people on how to say no, or maybe you contact us and we will privately coach you before you go on a timeshare presentation on how to say no. What are all the pitfalls? What are all the bad things? Hell, half the time, if you say, hey, I'm going on a presentation for Wyndham or for this company or for that company, we might already have dirt on it. Or Google this shit because there's plenty of people that love to expose this shit that's not us. That, that might have all this information out there ahead of time. But Spinnaker is the one I can tell you about. The, the, the one that's my favorite is this place called bookvip.com. And you see, you know, I see a lot of Facebook ads for it. It's all over the place. But what they give you is usually, and, and it varies, but so anywhere between a five day to a week long, a lot of times Caribbean, all inclusive for a steep, steep, steeply discounted price. I mean, like five-star resort in the Caribbean for a week, 500 bucks, which would normally, if you were paying full freight on these things for two, and that's for two people, um, you'd probably be paying close to $4,000 for the same thing. The hook is you got to sit for this timeshare presentation. So, I mean, a lot of times, like I've done these a couple times where we've ended up, even with the cost of the flights, it was for two people, it was less than a thousand bucks all in. And then you got to sit through this timeshare presentation. Um, 
if, if there's a value there and you know that you're going to be able to say no to it. And that was the last time I did one under a deal like that was that one where they wanted us to pay like 20 or $30,000 to be part of that discount program. And it was like, what the fuck are you selling me? At? You are legitimately and not hiding it, selling me an empty bag. And they wouldn't like, and, and, and not that we were particularly interested in it, but I like to fuck with them and dig in a little bit. What's uh, so show me, show me access to this website. Let's, let's give me a, give me access to this website through your account. Cause I presume that you own this shit. Um, let's walk through a, I want to book a vacation at these prices at a certain place next summer or and next fall. Can you fall. explain why it's a ripoff? Well, in that particular instance, you're paying for absolutely nothing, or at least nothing that they could show us. Like I literally asked them, log into an account. Let's pretend that we want to book right back here this time next year. What would it cost? And they wouldn't or couldn't give us access to that shit. And it was like, what the fuck are you trying to do? Um, a lot of times, I mean, I will boil it down to the most simplistic thing because what they tell you, and it's true, is that you you are owning deeded real estate a lot of the time. Not with that fucking bullshit discount club thing, but a lot of times what they're doing is selling you what what is, at least on paper, deeded real estate. And I, I will tell you that there was a time in which I, as a part of the pra law practice, would handle consumer bankruptcies. And when you're doing a consumer bankruptcy, you list all of the assets that somebody owes and today's value, which would be, what would you go out there and be able to resell this for or sell it for at a yard sale? So if you've got a flat screen TV, you're not gonna put a thousand bucks on the schedule, you're gonna put you know, a hundred bucks if you think you could sell it you know, on, on marketplace or at a yard sale for a hundred bucks. With the exception of one timeshare company, any of these, we could go and say, hey, this is a Wyndham Resource timeshare, X thousand, hundred thousand points. And then the value in the value column, we would put $1. And never have there, has there ever been a bankruptcy trustee that's ever batted an eye at that because that's what they're worth. With the exception of Disney timeshares, they are literally worth $1. So whatever you are paying for them or being pitched on them, subtract $1 from that amount. And that's how much you are potentially overpaying if you were to pull the trigger on the deal. Because you're paying for the ability to buy, you're paying for the ability to have a vacation when right. you can just go and have a vacation. And they'll pitch it to um, you like you're prepaying for the vacation and there's all these other costs and you know inflation over time, but you're locked into, if you buy two weeks or three weeks or whatever the fuck you're, or X number of points, um, you're always going to have these points. And even though the cost of hotels are going to skyrocket over time because of inflation, this, that, and the other, you're still going to have your two weeks. And if, you know, the rack rate on these, if we were to put them out to the general public doubles, you still have two weeks and you don't pay anything extra. That's the pitch largely. Some of them, if they've got multiple properties all over the place and different destinations, the pitch includes the, why would you want to go to the same place all the time? Why wouldn't you want to stay, you know, in Florida or in Las Vegas or in Los Angeles or in, you know, uh, Cape Cod or whatever. They, they all will have a portfolio of various destinations and shit like that. Um, and then, you know, there you go. 
it's it's kind of confusing as to why it's a bad deal, but it's a bad deal because you're from what I, I get, you're paying for the ability to have a vacation, but then you still pay for the vacation and they say you're paying less. The math just doesn't add up. And I, I kind of feel like we're not doing the greatest job of explaining it just because I mean, Joe, you're doing a great job, but just because it's easier when you look at the numbers, but. Which you'll never really see in one of these presentations for the most part. Yeah. Um, so can I walk you through sort of the anatomy of a timeshare presentation and why I love it? Yeah. Rock it out. Okay. So first of all, um, when you do these timeshare presentations, I know I've done at least two. I feel like I've done more. I did one in Williamsburg was the first one I did. And the most recent one was Hilton Head. I actually did that at the beginning of March, 2020. So it was like the last thing I did. And then the next week it was like shut down. COVID is happening. Um, we went there for a, uh, baby moon, I guess you could call it. Um, cause I popped out a kid two months later and uh, Hilton Head is boring as hell. I mean, maybe if like you're into like boating or water skiing, but it was March. So it was still kind of cold anyway. Um, so you go, you get a weekend and usually you do pay to go on the trip. You probably pay about 150 to 200 bucks for two people, but they give you a very nice hotel room. A lot of times it's a suite. And they give you a $50 like Visa gift card when you get there. So basically you're paying $100 or $150 bucks for a weekend stay. But you don't have to do this timeshare presentation. So you get to go enjoy your weekend. Usually you get there Friday night and the first thing Saturday morning, you go and do your presentation and you're required to do it. And you go to the presentation and first they give you a tour of the resort and you know they show you all the amenities and you walk around and you just go hmm that's nice because what else are you gonna do sometimes they put you in a car with a person and they drive you around which is a little weird but whatever I had my husband sit in the front and I just sat in the back and like played on my phone um and then they take you back to the room the timeshare room now, the first thing that I'm going to yeah, tell girl. you, <laughs> the first thing that I'm going to tell you is you bring a tote bag, like you bring a tote bag, big purse, because they're going to have a buffet, not not like, like a breakfast buffet, like they're going to have coffee and orange juice and they're going to have mini muffins. And you're going to take your tote bag and you're going to fill it up with mini muffins and that's just because you're you want to get something out of this presentation and Liz it's has a gonna fucking be, playbook. Yeah, it's gonna be a fuck ton of muffins. So you have snacks for the rest of the weekend. Um, so that's that's the first thing you gotta do is just take all the muffins and like put like four in your bag, and then you go up for like a second round of muffins and you take like five more, and then you take some more on the way out. Like, oh, I just want one more muffin. And then you have so many muffins. So um, that's the first way you gain the system is muffins. Then they give you a presentation and they go through the timeshare. And you look at the numbers. And this is, this is how I do it and how I did it the last time. Um, they give you the numbers and you go, hmm, okay. And then you sort of pretend to do some calculations. 
and you're like, yeah, this isn't going to work. And then they're like, okay, well, why is it going to work? And you're like, ah, it's just out of my budget, whatever. And they give you some more numbers and then they're like, well, what could you afford? And they try to do it that way. And you're like, I don't know, not that. And they lower the numbers and they lower the numbers. They're like, well, we'll give you the lower package. So you're only getting one week of vacation, but you're still getting access to like discounted other weeks and they keep lowering it. And then eventually you're like, no, not for me. Now, sometimes they will bring you into like a subsequent room. They didn't at this last one where they then try to do like a last ditch effort with like the supervisor in this one, they just bring the supervisor over and they say, okay, like, this is what we can do for you because we really don't want anyone to miss out on getting something here. So we're going to work with you and give you this plan. And then here's what I did. So I said, okay. I said, well, look, I know you want me to say yes and sign this, but I'm an attorney. I did pull that card. Um, and so what I'm going to need to do is I'm going to need to see the contract because, and this, this is also a good way to get out of it. Um, I said, I need to see the contract and they made a big deal. And they're like, well, we don't usually show people the contract. And I said, well, I, you can't expect me to sign something without seeing the contract. I have to see it. So they say, okay, we'll get you the contract. And I look at it and immediately I find a hidden fee. It's like a maintenance fee. Well, they I'm always like, have can- maintenance fees. Yeah. And I was like, what can you tell me about this fee? And they're like, oh, well, that is the maintenance fee, blah, 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 whatever they said. And I was like, okay, but when you quoted me this price, you didn't include this fee. So this is a hidden fee. And it wasn't like it was hard to find in the contract. They just don't want to show you the contract until you're ready to sign it. And I was like, so you hid this fee for me. And they're like, no, it's not hidden, but it is. And I said, okay, well, look, I'm not saying no. Of course I'm saying no said, I'm not saying no, but I, now that I found this, I need to give the contract a thorough read. So what I'd like to do is take it with me. I'm going to have my attorney review it. And if it looks good, I'll get back to you. And they're like, well, you can't take the contract with you. And I said, well, I can't sign it here and now. I just can't. I'm not saying I'm not going to sign it, but let me take it. I will look over it thoroughly. I'm going to sit there with a highlighter, go over it. I know a contract attorney. They're going to look at it. And then I might say, yes. They said, well, we can't allow you to take the contract. And I said, well, then I can't sign something that you won't let me take with me to review. I need more time. And that's how you get them because they will not let you take that contract. And they can't argue with you because you're not saying no. You're saying possibly yes. I just need a copy to look at and then their hands are tied and then you go back and take more muffins and then you enjoy the rest of your trip your trip that you got for cheap and have a great time although we did not have a great time in Hilton because it's really boring but at the end of the trip I asked my husband what was your favorite part of the trip and, you know, I was expecting maybe say, oh, the restaurant we ate at, something like that. And he said, just watching you give them hell at the timeshare presentation, which says something more about Hilton Head than it does anything else. But that is why I love timeshare presentations, because you can turn the boring presentation into something fun and then enjoy your free weekend. And then you can also sign up for subsequent free weekends. Like you can get a cruise. And I think I still have a couple pending because I bought them. 
um, like during COVID to use after. And they'd love to have another shot at you, of course. They would. And I am going to let them let me do as many of these as I can because the weekends are cheap and it's just it's just a great time to mess with them. So timeshare people, please hit me up. Yeah. So one of them that we did uh, a couple of years back in Las Vegas um, was through Wyndham. And I'll tell you what I did in the middle of it. We didn't we didn't pull your prank, but I like that. Um, we did try, I mean, any one of these that I've tried to get, um, you know, the fine print and they never let you see any of that. They never want you to see that. They never want you to have the details or anything of that nature. Um, but they were selling at some astronomical amount of money, a certain number of points. And Wyndham is like a big one. Wyndham is everywhere. They're all over the place. And I'm sitting there in the presentation I'm on eBay and I'm clicking through and I'm seeing auctions on eBay for Wyndham at a hundred thousand points, 200,000 points, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, it, it eventually gets to the point where I'm like, bruh, look, I can get 250,000 points for about 900 bucks. Why are you trying to sell me 120,000 points for, 30,000 bucks. Well, there's not, uh, you don't have all of the benefits uh, that you have when you buy it directly through. Uh, it just, it gets to the point where it's like straight up bullshit. And I'm like, what could you possibly be detracting by me buying it third party that's worth that fucking much? And again, I never bought it even through eBay. I thought about it, but again, you still end up with those annual maintenance fees, those fees go up. And if you think about it, like you, you sometimes those annual maintenance fees, and it's all based on either the points or the weeks or the whatever that you have would probably be close to the amount of money that you'd pay to stay in a similar room in that area for that amount of time. Plus you paid all that money on the front end. If you pay a bunch of money on the front end. It's, Never a good investment, but also, I mean, this is it, this isn't even great legal advice, but just read your contracts. And if you. OK, if that is not, good legal advice. Literally, no one read their contracts and you all are stupid. And like what you should do is if you have a contract that you're not sure about, you call someone like Ariel and you say, can you read this and tell me if it's legit and what I need to know and what are the issues? And usually that attorney will charge you. I mean, the amount of money that it could save you if there are red flags, it's, it's well worth the money. thousands of dollars. But in like, the realm of yeah. timeshares, it is highly unlikely, as Liz already described, that you're even going to be able to walk out the door with that contract to be able to take it to an attorney to review. And this is something that people may not know that attorneys will do is like you give Ariel a call and you say, hey, can you just read this and give me the pros cons and they will happily do it. It's something you don't always have to, you know, pay an attorney to a ton of money to get like this. Um, I don't know what it is, but attorneys will do things like we will just read shit for you and it doesn't cost a ton of money. And I think it's well worth your time. And as we've already learned in 
this podcast, we know how to read. We do know how to read. Just kidding. I mean, yeah. I I mean, I at least know how to read Twilight. I even said I listened to it in the car. This this is even brought up. um, uh, So I want to do a shout out here and I want to give, in case you're in an area, because these areas exist, Las Vegas is one of them. At least it was pre-pandemic. I haven't noticed as much of this the last two years that I've been out there, but um, this was dropped by somebody on Twitter. Um, The handle is Vital Vegas. Um, They got a ton of information all the time on what's happening in Las Vegas. If you're interested in that area, they can give you rumors that they hear that end up coming true years later or whatnot. But this, this is how, like when you're in certain places that are like high traffic, high volume, um, uh, tourist areas, they have people whose job is just set up to nab you as you're walking by, ask you a couple of quick qualifying questions and then book you on a tour to take a look at this thing. And basically it's the tour to take a look at this thing. And there's usually some sort of, Hey, we'll give you this, or we'll give you that. Like we got tickets to Cirque du Soleil to go see, to do this timeshare presentation. The value was not there for the amount of time and how aggressive Wyndham was. Um, but, but here are the things that, that according to this, and I can attest from knowing how the uh, pre-qualifications go, these are some things that if they are, if you can make them qualify to you, or if you just fucking say them, um, these people will leave you alone or will quickly disengage. Number one is be by yourself. They want couples. And actually, when you go to book it, if you say you're married, they will get your spouse on the phone. They will not book you unless your spouse is on the phone. Right. Anyway, sorry to jump in. That, that, and that's on the converse of it. Like if you're looking to play this game, which there's a game to be played, um, then you need to do the opposite of all of these things or they're not going to give you the opportunity. You know, if you want the free stuff stuff, and you want to fuck with them and you want these muffins and you want the trip or whatever it is, then you've got to be the opposite of this. Number two, I don't know if this is the same as, as much anymore, um, but number two list, walk with somebody of the same gender. Well, th- that, that could be a couple of these days. Um, tell them that you're local. Tell them that you're leaving today. This is the one that I always tell them when I don't want to be bothered, especially not, not last day I'm heading out. Uh, be 25 or younger uh, because they want people that we can they, control that that they think are well tell them that you're 25 even <laughs> if you don't look 25 um, you know they want people that they at least think from their pre-qualification you know statistics are at least potentially gainfully employed and might have some you know disposable income Or just tell them that you already did the presentation because they typically won't do the same presentation for the same series of properties for you. Usually a lot of them have like a cooling off period. Like, have you, have you been to one of these in the past year or the past six months or the past whatever? And and then they'll, they'll ax you from it. I think that like timeshares could become a thing if they, advertise them differently like if they hit up millennials who have enough money for timeshares and we're just like hey take your dog on this amazing vacation every year bring your dog to this beach if you made this about the animals i bet you like every millennial would be like oh yeah i got a timeshare for my dog this year that would be you 
Oh yeah, for sure. Well, maybe you should become I, a dog timeshare salesperson. I I think it could be good. What like you really wouldn't be like interested in. I mean, I you guys have kids, so like I don't know. You don't live for your dog children anymore. But <laughs> like if you told a millennial who can't afford to have a child, like come to the Bahamas with your dog, we'd be like, fuck yeah. Know how much it costs to have a dog sitter? Like a thousand dollars more than it costs wow. to pay the extra deposit on the room or the extra money to get them on the flight. Yeah, like literally. But like when we went to Hawaii, Rover, the pet sitting website was like, Yeah, it'll be like two thousand dollars. We're like, that is like the most expensive aspect of our vacation for you to watch one dog and two cats so we ended up going outside of rover and still paying some girl like eight hundred dollars i mean that's tough because taking a dog with you on what there's at least an eight hour leg of a flight in there if you're going to hawaii yeah that's rough to have a dog not be able to i don't know we travel with our dog he goes to italy all the time he has his own timeshare (laughs) <laughs> not really a timeshare we anyway yes yeah, so we did we another on podcast until uh we published the air quote law pod playbook on timeshares um i think i just said podcast i meant timeshares um <laughs> we we did another similar presentation. Um, so my husband and i went to one of these wedding expos where like if you're planning a wedding they have all the vendors oh. and stuff um it's it was actually pretty fun i mean because you got to taste some cakes you got to look around we found our dj there so it you know was not a waste of time by any means but they have that you could sign up it wasn't a timeshare presentation but it was a pots and pans presentation and you went back another day and it was like a two-hour presentation about buying these expensive ass pots and pans like we're talking about ten thousand dollars for a set of pots and pans but you got some things you got a coupon book which we didn't use and we probably could have used it um, to save money on some things. But you also got um, a couple things. You got a set of wedding bands. And when we did this, it was weird. So they did the pots and pans presentation. And then at the end, the guy was kind of like, I'm going to give you time to talk. And he's like, oh, no one like, coming up like what's wrong like you just want your free stuff and once he said that and we kind of knew like okay the presentation is over we can get out it was like a waterfall of people just getting up getting up being like give us our free stuff one person because you were supposed to come with because it was the wedding expo your fiance and this one woman said you know my fiance is at work he couldn't make it today i'm here with my sister Um, I think my um, fiance might actually be interested, but I can't make this decision without him here because they said you had to bring two people. And so she's like, can I take your card? And the guy said, my cards are for my clients, which is like literally the opposite of how anything should work. Yeah. So but we got I don't remember everything that we got, but we did get two. I want to say titanium. Does that sound right? Um, Wedding bands. And I. I don't wear mine. Um, it was $50 to ship them. Um, and I forget if it was each or together, but I, I don't wear mine. I think I have worn it like when we've gone to the beach or something, but 
my husband, that's his wedding band because all he wanted was like a plain black band. I think it's like a dark gray. And to this day, he has his wedding band from the pots and pans presentation. So mission accomplished. Yeah, it worked out. So and the guy, the best thing, and we always quote this is that the guy was basically saying in these pots and pans, you don't need like oil to cook anything. And pretty much what he did was just cook everything low and slow. Like he cooked stuff throughout the entire presentation. And yeah, if you have time to cook something on low heat for like an hour, yeah, sure. It'll turn out probably without using a bunch of oil and butter. And he's like, it's not like you can buy flavored olive oil. There are literally whole stores dedicated to flavored olive oil. And I love them because you can try them all. Me too. Did you get the food that he made? Yeah, it was like some chicken and vegetables. It was fine. Nothing, nothing spectacular. You wow, you never wow anyone with chicken and vegetables. It, it certainly didn't sell the pots and pans to you guys, huh? No, but now every time we make something with olive oil, if we have a flavor of olive oil, it's like, oh, you know, you can't buy this. So, do we have any uh, any questions from the jury? <laughs> That didn't really belong there, but I wanted to play it. I think, oh, you just deleted some of the things on the Google Doc. Well, no, the shit we talked about. Oh, okay. Um, well, one question is because we do post a lot on Twitter. Um, at least I tried to. Is uh, This is a question from Lance. And Lance wants to know, you're, you're posting a lot. What, what are your favorite memes lately? Ooh favorite memes so this isn't it i got one this is not a new meme but it's a relevant meme and it's like extra relevant because um last night at the time that we're recording this the college football national championship game happened and i know that you guys don't give a shit about that probably most of the people listening don't give a shit about that but you're familiar with the concept of sports ball and that at the end of a season two teams face off to see who's the best that year, right? Oh, like when the weekend performs. Uh, that's, he did that last year for the, uh, the, the adult players, not the, you know, this was college football last night, but oh, the, oh, the Super oh, Bowl. Okay. I, 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 we're probably not allowed to say that, but fuck it, who cares? Um, it, it would be, I would love to get a cease and desist and to take this down because then it means that somebody's listening. Yay. Uh, <laughs> that, so they, as soon as it's over, you see the players on the field wearing, you know, so-and-so national championship hats and shirts and all this other shit. All that stuff was pre-printed and spoiler alert, they pre-printed that shit for both teams, like in massive amounts. And then like, there's always this wildly inappropriate meme of people in third world countries being like, Hey, Hey, the Alabama shirts are coming tomorrow. If, if or whoever insert the losing team here well last night apparently there's a, a a photo circulating they swapped the hat somehow one of the georgia players because georgia beat alabama in the football national championship game is wearing a national champions hat that has the alabama logo on because they i guess they whipped out the open up the wrong box or whatever is that so, real i believe so i didn't watch it because i don't give a shit about that like don't don't tell any of my sports clients that I don't care about the national championship. But if they're not playing in it, I don't care. If you're my client and you're playing in that game, of course I'm going to watch it. 
So I'm going to watch you in that game. I don't give a fuck about the team. I only care about you as my client, my player. Um, same goes for NFL. That's good. Personal investment. The one I saw that I liked that I thought was maybe more funny than it is. Um, the most recent one I saved in, I think it's topical because I think Tiger King two just came out. I haven't watched it yet, but of course I ate up Tiger King one, like the rest of the country um, is it says Joe exotic is Steve Irwin's Wario. And I'm, yes, I've seen that. Oh, well, pretend you didn't. So it looks like I'm giving a new tidbit, oh, but it's a good one. It is. Ariel's looking at me like I'm saying something crazy. I think I live under a rock. So, well, we know who Steve Irwin is. Um, And then did you watch Tiger King? Yes. So Joe Exotic is the main guy, this like unhinged animal man. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that Steve Irwin is Mario, who's like the main character nice little fellow goes around and goes wahoo and is just pleasant all around and then his chaos version is wario and some people actually think that his name is wario because the w is the m upside down on mario's hat but it actually it's not no it's not um it is actually taken um because the from the japanese word um I, I might pronounce this wrong, but it's uh, Waryui, and it means bad. So basically, his name is kind of a mashup of Bad Mario. And so I guess it's saying that, like, you know, Joe Exotic is kind of the poor man's version of Steve Irwin, just like Wario is the bad lesser Mario. And uh, maybe this is a niche meme for people who watch Tiger King and also really love Mario, but I have seen um, one episode of the Tiger King. It, it's worth a watch. I mean, it was worth more of a watch when everyone was watching it in the beginning of the pandemic, when we were all just baking bread and watching shit TV. Um, so I don't know that it would hit the same now, but it would be something that you could put on in the background and probably get a kick out of. I feel like I had a very different experience than most others during the pandemic. How go on. I, I, I came to work every fucking day. No, I, I couldn't go to all these places that exist that weren't open or, or otherwise, but I was here every, every goddamn day. Well, that's because the nature of your work is, is a little different because yeah. your work is, is delayed is like something happens, you know, six months prior and then you start doing the stuff on it. Yeah, for sure. So the pandemic hit you a lot later than it hit the rest of us. Yeah, I don't get paid on my shit for months and months and months at times, sometimes longer on the bigger ones. And yeah, yeah, my um, there was a good gap of time in which nobody was driving and, and new business was not coming in. And that the, the money side of that hit most recently past couple months but i think we're through most of it which is great so sweet anybody obviously we got that on you said on twitter somebody asked about that oh that was an email an email okay fantastic so that's airquotelawpod at gmail.com also our social medias are airquotelawpod you should be able to dm us on that stuff if not 
tag us in a message and say, Hey, open up your DMS bitches. Um, and we'll do it because we want to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks everybody for listening to our international anti timeshare podcast, where we give you the hottest newest tips on how to avoid get out of, or just say no to timeshares. And, and other- Next Great week, things. Ariel will give us all book recommendations. Whee! Okay. <laughs> Ariel is feeding her face right now. I know. I'm aggressively eating an apple. Everybody's happy. All right. Till next week, guys. Thanks for stopping by. Bye. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric acid.